Welcome to the Cup of Joe Wrestling Show. Cup of Joe Wrestling Show? With Joey Harris. A podcast for the wrestling fan on the go. So take your favorite beverage of choice and join Joey as he takes a look at some of the biggest shows on the WWE Network. Welcome to the Cup of Joe Wrestling Show. I am your host, Joey Harris, and the podcast folks for the wrestling fan on the go. How was your week, folks? Did you have a good week? Did you have a productive week? Are you in an area that is loosening up its social distancing restrictions? Maybe you were able to go out and get some food. My wife and I have been trying to support local businesses that Even though we can't go in and dine still, if they have a takeout option, we've been trying to do that more often. I find myself actually, one of the good things about this pandemic is I find myself actually watching more wrestling than before. This past week, I just finished 1995 WCW Nitro, and it's been pretty good. I mean, this is before NWO, before all of that, just... The week-to-week, especially the cruiserweights and some of the different matches and stuff, I've really been enjoying it. But I have not gone anywhere this week. No Walmart, no recycling, no going out. I had one appointment. Other than that, I have been here. My wife is determined we are not going to go out as much unless it's to grab food. She doesn't want me going into Walmart, Target, or a grocery store. So we're getting low on dishwashing liquid and so we've been hand washing dishes and I'm over it to be quite frank with you. I know I have lived in places before where there was no dishwasher and you have to hand wash dishes, but put me on the side of pro dishwasher. If it's there I want to be able to use it. But we we all have to do our own part. So if I have to hand wash dishes for another week, it's not gonna kill me. Today we're looking at the Clash of the Champions 4 from WCW and the NWA. Clash of the Champions 4 took place on December the 7th, 1988 from UTC Arena in Chattanooga, Tennessee. It was when the NWA and WCW went here that Jim Cornette realized that this area is a hotbed of pro wrestling and a hotbed for pro wrestling, and that the fans would still come out and support pro wrestling. And it really led to his decision to form Smoky Mountain Wrestling in 1991 and kind of center it around the area because they would support local wrestling. And this always reminds me of one of the many songs I go around the apartment and I sing to my wife at times, whatever comes into my head. And One of the many, many songs that I sing her is The Tennessee Waltz. And this show just put me in mind of The Tennessee Waltz. So, this was the first clash to take place following the sale of Jim Crockett Promotions to Turner Broadcasting and the company name changes to World Championship Wrestling. Now, the Saturday Night Show had always been World Championship Wrestling or had been World Championship Wrestling for a few years rather, but now the company changes its name to World Championship Wrestling. There were 8,000 people 
in attendance, and the show drew a 4.5 rating on TBS. It starts out with highlights of what led to that night's matches. We start out with our Clash opening credits. Jim Ross previews what's coming up tonight. He and Bob Caudill are the announcers for the event. The Fantastic Bobby Fulton and Tommy Rogers versus Ron Simmons and Eddie Gilbert. This is the finals of the U.S. Tag Team Championship Tournament. The Midnight Express had been the U.S. Tag Team Champions. They had faced Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard and had beaten them for the World Tag Team Championship prior to Anderson and Blanchard leaving for the WWF. The Midnight Express could not hold both championships at the same time, so the U.S. titles were put up in a tournament. And ironically, by the time you get to the finals, the Midnight Express had already lost the World Tag Team Championship. Gilbert and Simmons had originally lost to the Sheep Herders in the semifinals, but the decision was later reversed when the Sheep Herders signed with the WWF and became the Bushwhackers. Simmons starts off using his power against Fulton. Fulton uses his speed, but gets caught by Simmons. Gilbert in, back and forth. A shoving match progresses. Simmons back in, and Fulton gets a near fall. Simmons hits a shoulder block on Rogers. Gilbert and Rogers do some chain wrestling. Simmons in, and slows things down. Fantastics then even things up. The crowd is really getting into this. Quick tags by Simmons and Gilbert. Back and forth. Simmons with some big power moves. Gilbert stringing together some great moves. Rogers is selling hard. The Fantastics come back again. Simmons hits a big power slam. Jim Ross has, of course, been talking up Simmons' football career if you're drinking at home. Gilbert gets his arm hit on a post. The Fantastics focus on that arm. Gilbert trying to continue and will not give up. Fantastics constantly tagging. Gilbert falls out of the ring. Back in, Gilbert hits the hot shot out of desperation. His arm hits the corner post again, and he gets rolled up for the pin. The Fantastics are the new United States Tag Team Champions, and they mentioned that they had won the belts here several times. This was a lucky arena for the Fantastics. As far as Gilbert and Simmons goes, Eddie Gilbert was an underrated performer. He had a great wrestling mind. He had a great wrestling look. He was a little smaller, and sometimes his personality rubbed those in charge the wrong way. But a great mind that left us way, way, way too soon. Ron Simmons, of course, the great footballer, as Jim Ross always brings up, is going to go ahead and form Doom with Butch Reed in 1989 and 1990. They break up in February of 91. And it's a great team. And then Ron Simmons becomes a fan favorite. It's a great 91. Goes into even better 1992, where he eventually wins the World Heavyweight Championship from Vader. Tony Schiavone is with special guest host Lex Luger. They talk about the last match and about Starcade coming up. Jim Ross talks to Mike Rotunda and Kevin Sullivan. They talk about Rick Steiner and the upcoming Starcade match that he's going to have with Rotunda regarding and for the NWA Television Championship with Kevin Sullivan 
held in a mini cage above the arena. The Italian Stallions versus Steve Williams with Kevin Sullivan. Even match starting, Stallion with the early advantage, Williams comes back, then it's a back and forth. Stallion can't get the pin. Williams is a newly found heel member of the varsity club. So he's got his wrestling singlet on. Williams takes over. Both men trade the advantage. Williams bench presses Stallion outside on the floor. Sullivan attacks Stallion on the outside. Williams can't get the pin. He puts the sleeper on Stallion. Stallion fights out and hits a clothesline on Williams. Williams hits a shoulder tackle and puts on a leg hold. Stallion gets knocked outside again and attacked by Sullivan. Back in, Stallion hits a power slam but doesn't cover. Williams hits the Oklahoma Stampede for the win. Now, the Italian Stallion has a history and holds records for eating the most pounds of spaghetti in such a short amount of time. They should have really played that up, I guess, make him the super Italian Stallion and come out and throw spaghetti at everyone. You know, like Brad Armstrong would do with the Candyman persona just a few months later? Maybe not. But think about it. I think it could have worked. Magnum TA interviews the Junkyard Dog, who has just come into the NWA. He is after Paul Jones. He and Ivan Koloff are going to take on the Russian assassins at Starcade. Now, flashback to the Road Warriors putting a spike in Dusty Rose's eye, which would ultimately cause him to be fired from the NWA. He had been stripped of his power as a booker by this time, and he was not long for the NWA. He was kind of neutered in a way and was not going to stay as just a performer. And so he's quickly on his way out, but he's not quite gone yet. I just have to say here before we get into this next match, I had an autographed picture of Ivan Koloff framed. My friend Alma gave me that picture. I took that picture with me to college. It stayed on my desk in my room all four years. That's dedication, folks. If we all had autographed pictures of Ivan Koloff that we could frame and take to college, man, we would have more master's students and PhDs than we could shake a stick at. Ivan Koloff versus Paul Jones. Koloff has one hand tied behind his back. Jones trying to avoid Koloff. Lots of stalling here. Koloff gets Jones by the hair and throws him around. Jones begs off. Jones then gets the advantage. Jones using the rope to choke Koloff. They go outside. Jones with the advantage back in. Koloff coming back. Jones has a weapon. He thrusts it at Koloff's throat. Then Jones drops it. Koloff picks it up, uses it, and gets the pin. The Russian assassins attack Koloff. JYD then chases them off. Now, JYD is not looking good here. He's overweight. He's out of shape. But man, does he still have the charisma and the fans still love him. Tony Giovanni and Lex Luger talk about the last match and the Dusty Rhodes Road Warrior Animal match coming up. Magnum TA interviews Rick Steiner. Steiner is doing his crazy shtick. It does nothing for me. He's got the little hand puppet Alex that Dick Murdoch had used earlier. And again, just does nothing for me. Road Warrior Animal with Paul Ellering versus Dusty Rhodes. Rhodes comes to the ring with an eye patch, a la John Wayne and True Grit, which is ironically, or maybe not ironically, 
the tagline for that year's Starcade. Rose nails Ellering with the bionic elbow to start. The winner of this match gets possession of the six-man tag team titles. The DQ rule has been waived, so the belt can change hands on a disqualification. Back and forth. Rose goes for Animal's leg. Rose knocks the referee out. He puts the figure four on. Ellering comes in and he and Animal attack Rose's eye. Rose comes back. So Hawk hits the ring followed by Sting. It breaks down. Rose grabs a chair and hits Animal. A bell rings. Rose is disqualified for using the chair. The Road Warriors would go on to choose Jinichiro Tenru to be the third champion on the December 10th edition of NWA World Championship Wrestling. Tony Schiavone and Lex Luger talk about the last match. We go to our main event of the evening. The Midnight Express Stan Lane and Bobby Eaton with Jim Cornette versus Rick Flair and Barry Windham with J.J. Dillon. Flair and Eaton start and Eaton slaps Flair hard. They slug it out as Flair is selling everything. Wyndham tagged in. He takes over on lane. Back and forth. Both teams doing multiple tag-ins. Hot and heavy action. Both teams then slow it down. Lane puts the figure four on Flair and Eaton puts it on Wyndham. Lane goes for a cover but only gets a two count. Flair comes back. An inset promo by Paulie Dangerously about the feud of him and the original Midnight Express versus Jim Cornette and the Midnight Express. Flair goes up but gets called if you're drinking at home. Take a shot. Eaton hits a nice neck breaker. Near falls galore. Wyndham hits Eaton with the right hand and knocks him out of the ring. More near falls. Eaton dropped on the railing outside by Flair. Wyndham hits a lariat. He then puts the sleeper on Eaton. Flair in and he opens up the chop house. They slug it out. They both tag. The Midnight Express hit the total elimination on Wyndham. Eaton then hits the Alabama Jam. JJ takes his shoe off before Cornette can attack him, but Flair uses the shoe on Eaton. Flair then puts Wyndham on Eaton for the pin. Tony Giovanni interviews Jim Cornette, who is irate at the outcome. He runs down everything that is happening with the Midnight Express for several minutes, seemingly without breathing here. He is great in this role. Jim Ross and Bob Caudill run down some things that have happened that night. Tony Giovanni and Lex Luger talk about the last match of the night. They seem to have run short and are filling time. They do a final pitch for Starcade 88 before signing off from Chattanooga. Folks, if you like the show, please leave a review in iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or your podcast platform of choice. There are a number of ways that you can contact me. You can follow the show's Twitter at Cup of Joe Pod. You can email the show at Cup of Joe Wrestling Show at gmail.com. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I am at the Joey Harris. I also post the episodes to Instagram every week, as well as Twitter and Facebook. Thank you for joining me this week. This is Joey Harris saying so long from Stately Maine Manor. The Cup of Joe Wrestling Show is a production of Baby Kangaroo Media. 